You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. So my my message today has it it, it talks quite a lot about the Israelites and uh, from the Old Testament, and I just want to make clear that um, my message today has nothing uh, to do with the current situation. It, it's not addressing the current people who live in Israel. Um, in fact, this message has more to do with us than it does with them, and so I just wanted to make that clear up front. I actually texted Brian this morning and was like, hey, do you think it's insensitive to preach this message this morning, and he, um, he said no, so I trust Brian, so if, if, uh, if, if you have any complaints, go to him, okay? Um, if you want to leave a comment card in, 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 his, uh, in his box, go ahead, but, um, but so today we're starting a new, um, a new teaching series um, and I just, if this may be slightly redundant if you were at the all church meeting, but I just, I, I just want to tell the brief story real quick is that, um, I've been really searching for and asking God for vision for this next season of the mission. Uh, I've been sitting on it for a long time and just asking God, um, Lord, what is your vision for the mission in this next season? And, um, and I just felt like he was, not giving me anything. Uh, I would be just like almost begging in prayer, like, Lord, I need, I need a vision for this next season. And uh, we're, it's rapidly approaching. And, uh, and um, we were doing prayer at a service not that long ago um, where we had people stand and receive prayer from the congregation. And um, this father and son came up to me at the end of the service. And the father was asking me sort of about the church history and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, you know, it's been kind of, we've been a church for 10 years. And honestly, it's been challenge after challenge. You know, um, we have had some extraordinary challenges um, you know, but we're believing this next season holds something special. And the son, who's a regular attender, said, yeah, and the best is yet to come. And for whatever reason, that son's words stuck with me. Um, it, it, I, I almost felt like the Holy Spirit, no, I know, the Holy Spirit said, wake up and pay attention because these words are not just from, these words are not just his, they're mine. And um, so I was like, okay, God, I, I don't, I, I, I'm listening, but I don't, I don't really know what to do with that. <laughs> and um, has the Lord ever like revealed something to you that you're just like, I don't get it, God, you know, but, um, but so I, I, I was, I, so I sat on those words and I prayed over them and and like I was just like, Lord, if this isn't, if I'm imagining this, if this isn't really from you, um, just let it fall from my memory. And yet the Lord continued to bring it day after day, every day to my memory. And, uh, I, I, and I would just pray about it and just be like, Lord, I don't want to bring this to the congregation if it's not true. I don't want to say this and it not be true. Um, and... The Lord began a process in me that sort of 
started to reveal my lack of trust in him. And so continually, every day, the Lord would bring this to my mind. Uh, Probably two months, I was sitting on this and just praying over it and just kind of like wrestling with the Lord over it. Like, Lord, I really, you know, like, I don't want to say this if it's not going to be true. And, and so I brought it to the lead team, finally, our leadership team, and I said, guys, the Lord said this to me. I don't know what to do with it. Just begin to pray over it. And they began to pray over it. We began to believe it together. Um, and then eventually I, led to, uh, I was led to um, a devotional that had the book of Haggai in it. And um, the exact words that the devotion said is Haggai uh, began to believe the Lord that the best was yet to come. And I just got chills from head to toe all over my body. And I just was like, okay, God, we're doing this, you know? And so that's kind of the short version of the story. Um, and I, I know that all of you have, so that's where we're going, actually. We're, we're, we're believing the Lord. We, we are believing and pressing into the Lord that the best is yet to come. Now, we don't know what that looks like. Because lots of times what's best, uh, what the Lord believes is best, is not necessarily what we believe is best. Who knows that to be true, right? The Lord sometimes has different things in mind than we do, right? And so we are believing that whatever God's best is, is the thing that we need most in this next season. And so... I know you all have been deeply studying the book of Haggai, um, and you probably don't need me to set up the book for you. Like, I know you guys all just are into it, you know, um, and I am going to kind of barrage you with some facts and, and point, set up of, of the book of Haggai, um, because we're just going to be in this book the one week. But I really, really wanted to share this with you, and it needs some context, so um, so I guess for those who aren't familiar with Haggai, like the, the one or two of you in here, um, uh, just for good measure, let's set the scene. The book of Haggai is a prophetic book in the Old Testament. It's a, a, a prophetic book, means it's uh, detailing a message from God uh, through an intermediate person called a prophet, and in this case, it's Haggai, right? And uh, the message could be to anyone, a a person, a specific people group. Um, The book of Haggai is one of the most, we have the most, one of the most detailed timelines in the book of Haggai that we have in all of the Old Testament. Um, We know that this book takes place over the course of four months in uh, 520 B.C. Uh, Fun fact, Haggai is also uh, the second shortest book in the Old Testament with a grand total of 38 verses. Like the whole book is 38 verses, right? Just two chapters. Anybody uh, know what the first shortest book of the Old Testament is? Bible nerds? Anybody? Anybody? Kim? Kim? Obadiah. Obadiah, right? Who even knew that was a book? Just kidding. (laughs) 
In a nutshell, the message God gives Haggai is this. Uh, he's upset with how the Israelites have prioritized their own desires over honoring him. They've prioritized themselves and their own desires over honoring him. See, Solomon, the son of King David, had completed this grand, beautiful temple which God had instructed him to build so that his presence could dwell among his people. This was 500 years before uh, Haggai takes place. But even with the presence of God dwelling among the Israelites, they continually are unfaithful to God and break their relationship with him through idolatry and injustice and all kinds of other ways. And God warns them over a vast amount of time that if they continued to break relationship with him in this way, he would send the nation of Babylon to conquer them and haul them off into exile which is exactly what happened. Babylon came in and destroyed Jerusalem, including God's breathtaking temple, and hauled the Israelites off into exile. So back to Haggai. The book of Haggai takes place 70 years after the exile. So they were taken off into Babylon as exiles, and this, they, this is 70 years later. Generations of Israelites have now been born during the exile. Generations, right? And um, generations that never knew what it was like to live in Jerusalem. Generations that had never seen the temple that Solomon completed. At this point, the empire of Babylon has completely collapsed and the world is now ruled by the Persians. The Persians allowed um, any of the Israelites that wanted to go home back to Jerusalem, they, they let them go freely. And under the leadership of a high priest named Joshua and a guy named Zerubbabel, uh, for, side note for any um, uh, pregnant ladies in the room, like Zerubbabel is a, f is a fantastic name, like... Um, <laughs> So, like, you may, you may want to think about that. But uh, a guy named Zerubbabel, who was an heir to the line of David. So you have Joshua and Z. That's what I'm going to call him from now on. Z, Zerubbabel. Uh, a, and a group of Israelites go back to Jerusalem and begin to rebuild the city. The story of this is detailed in the book of Ezra, chapters 1 through 6, if you want to get into more of the nitty-gritty. Ten years after they, they return, they return back to Jerusalem. So they've been back for ten years now. The temple still lays in ruins from over 70 years ago when it was collapsed by the Babylonians. They're fighting with the land. The Israelites are fighting with the land, and it isn't providing for them the way it should be. It seems that there's just never enough to go around. And, and what little resources they do have, they've used to build their own houses, making them like fancy and comfortable, right? So they're using this little bit of resources that they do have to like make their houses pretty and, and, and comfortable. And, and 
all the meanwhile, there, there's like not enough food um, and there's not enough to go around. And the word of the Lord comes to Haggai. The word of the Lord comes to Haggai, and it, and it is a word that is provoking them not to repeat the same behavior as their ancestors, their forefathers. In Haggai 1, 2 through 8 in the NIV, it says this. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came Through the prophet Haggai, it is a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while the house remain, while this house remains in ruins. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Pay attention to that. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat but never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. That's a pretty clear word. Like some, some, of, the word, some of the prophecies from the Lord are very poetic, but that is like clear, right? So Joshua and Zerubbabel, Z, as I like to call them, And the Israelites take this word to heart. They actually receive this word and begin the process of rebuilding the temple. And one month later, Haggai, like, checks in, and and the temple is completely unimpressive. Like, it is unimpressive, and it's not even close to the temple that Solomon built 500 years ago. And the people of Israel are just feeling massively disappointed. They've been working hard, but it's just not coming together. They've been back in Jerusalem for 10 years. We've been a church for 10 years. They've been working hard, but it's just not coming together. And Haggai delivers this message to the Israelites from God. And it's here where I want to focus our time. So if you've already tuned me out, press into this moment. I know I've thrown a lot at you, but I want you seriously to press into this moment because this holds the key to the next season of the mission. And Haggai delivers this message to the Israelites from God, and uh, this is what God reveals to them. In Haggai uh, chapter 2, verses 4b through 9, Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work, for I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt. 
and my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations, and what is desired by all nations will come. I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. I just want to read verse 8. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace. I think in many ways this passage, in this passage, God reminds the Israelites of who he is. And if they would just continue to be obedient and honor him in their, in their lives, they would see God begin to move and not only in their land, but in their lives. They would discover that God is Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. God remains, reminds them that his resources are endless. They're endless. It's all his. It's all his. The gold is his, the silver is his. He doesn't need sacrifices because the animals are his. What could you give to God that's not already his? His resources are endless. But what he's after is our hearts. He reminds the Israelites that all their needs would be met and more if they would just continue to honor God first. Haggai tells them that God has big plans for the future and that his plans involve all nations of the earth. All nations. God says in verse 6, this is what the Lord Almighty says, in a little while I will once more, shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations, and what is desired by all nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory. See, long story short, the temple gets rebuilt, but it continues to be unimpressive. A pale, it pales in comparison to the old temple. And the tribes of Israel are not coming together in the way that the Old Testament prophets imagined. Later on, the temple is neglected and staffed by unqualified people. And basically, the whole thing is just like a big downer. 
because the Israelites never fully submit to what God has asked them to do. But it's here that we turn our attention to another prophecy. This prophecy is delivered through Nathan to King David. And it's 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 12 and through 13. When your days are over, this is, Na- this is God speaking to King David. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. And if you read the very first passage of Matthew, it is the genealogy of Jesus. It's the genealogy of Jesus, and it specifically references him of of the line of David. Jesus is the one who would come and truly establish the temple that would house the presence of God. And after Jesus died and rose again on the cross, rose again from the grave, his spirit came to rest on everyone who would call upon the name of Jesus as Savior. And the presence of God would fill those people, which makes you the temple of God's presence. The temple building wasn't what we are ultimately waiting for. It was for Jesus to come and and build the new temple and make you the temple of God. In 2 Corinthians Chapter 3, 16 and 17, it says this, Do, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person for God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. If you have declared Jesus as your Savior and King, the Spirit of God dwells in you. See, in many ways, we were all exiled from the life that we knew. I mean, it wasn't like the exile the Israelites experienced. It wasn't for like generations, but we were all exiled from the life that we knew during the COVID-19 epidemic. In numerous ways, our society is still recovering from those years. I feel the recovery like weekly. But the truth is like as much as we work to make things the same, it's never going to be the same. Things have changed. 
and, and many things will never go back to being the same. And it's, it's not hard to draw a line between the Israelite people returning to Jerusalem from being in exile in Babylon and us coming out of the metaphorical exile of COVID-19. Just like the Israelites, we have to take a long, hard look at our priorities, and we may not always like what we see. Some of us may be spending more time rebuilding our own kingdoms than restoring God's kingship in our lives, in our relationships. Because the truth is, the temple was always just a visible sign of God's presence among his people. And when God sent his son Jesus... And he took on the name Emmanuel, God with us. God's presence was among his people. And when Jesus went to the cross and died to cover all of our sins and was resurrected from the grave, he was taken back up to heaven, but not before sending his spirit to live inside every person that called upon the name of Jesus. See, through Jesus, God's presence lives inside of his followers, which makes us the new temple of God. And I don't care how beautiful the first temple was, it, isn't, it wasn't more beautiful than God's presence living in Tanya. It, isn't, it wasn't more beautiful than God's presence living in Rich. Haggai didn't know what he was, what it looked like, but as he was delivering these messages from God to the Israelite people, he was daring to believe God. He was daring to believe what God said he would do, he would do. And he didn't know what it looked like, but he was daring to believe that the best was yet to come. And I have a feeling he would have never in his wildest dreams thought that the people of God, not a building, but the people of God would become the new temple of God's presence. Not in his wildest dreams. And like Haggai, we are daring to believe that the best is yet to come for the mission family. We believe that in this next season, the Lord has some extraordinary things in store for this family in this house. The Mission Redlands is a decade old already. And for all 10 years of this decade, we have been met with impossible challenge after impossible challenge. Even to this day, right now, we are facing significant challenges, and yet we are daring to believe that what God says he will do, he will do because he's faithful and he keeps his promises. And we don't know what it looks like, 
We don't know what's in store because God's best is often not what we think our best is. But we're daring to believe God. And we're daring to believe that the best is yet to come. And so I would challenge you this week as you walk away from here this morning. I would challenge you to one, evaluate your priorities. That's what the Israelite people had to do. They had to evaluate their priorities. And I don't say that in any kind of shaming or judgmental way. I have to do it right alongside you guys. Evaluate your priorities and check in on your honor of God. Are you living a life that is God-honoring? Father, Lord, we submit to you. Just as you asked the Israelite people to evaluate your priorities and your honor of me. Lord, have we begun to invest more of our own time our generosity, our strengths, our resources, have we put those into building our own kingdoms rather than choosing to advance your kingdom in our own lives, in our own community, among our neighbors, Father, you are our only hope. You love us so much and you value us as your children, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for making the way that we could be in right relationship with God again. Lord, and as we step into this next season in faith, Lord, I just declare that, Lord, we've seen you move the mountains. And we believe that you will do it again. And that in this next season, Lord, whatever you have in mind, God, let us not get caught up in building our own houses, Lord. Let us not get caught up in our own desires, Lord, but let us uh, dare to dream that what you say you will do, you will do. Lord, and 
It may not look like we think it should, Lord. But let us dare to believe you that whatever your best is, even if it's beyond our wildest dreams, that's what we want. We want your best, God. We want your best for this city. We want your best for this house. We want your best for this family. Lord, do it again. And we claim all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.